This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where it's primary day and the coronavirus has already thrown a bit of a monkey wrench into the system. Most of the volunteers who help the elections office of the precincts are senior citizens, so a lot of them won't be showing up today to help with the primary. However, officials say the precincts are still fundamentally safe for voters. The governor says the state is creating a $50 million fund to make short-term, zero-interest loans to small businesses hit hard by the virus. You can also say goodbye to all those St. Patrick's Day parades in Florida. And spring break, well, let's just say it's going to be a lot different this year. The Department of Health has just hired 100 new epidemiologists to help deal with the virus. And there are 100 nurses on standby. That's if the state decides to set up a mobile field hospital for the victims. Officials in Broward County are trying to figure out what's next now that their county has become the epicenter of Florida's coronavirus outbreak. On the Sunrise interview, we've got a twofer. We'll talk with the chairman of the Broward Legislative Delegation about the coronavirus and the supervisor of elections in Pasco County about the presidential primary in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. Along with the gloom and doom, there is some good news to share. Florida's unemployment rate dropped again in January and has now tied the record low. Of course, this was all before coronavirus. We'll also have your calendar of political events and the stories of two Florida men who are making news in politics, and not in a good way. And now, the top stories on Sunrise for Tuesday, March 17th. One day after the CDC recommended limits on any public gatherings of 50 people or more, the president and members of his coronavirus task force are now suggesting that public gatherings be limited to no more than 10. Governor Ron DeSantis says they're reviewing that advice and plan to make an announcement later today about potential closings of bars and restaurants in the Sunshine State, but nothing has been decided yet. We have just obviously received a new uh, guidance from the CDC, so we are in the process of internalizing uh, those recommendations and seeing how that would influence and affect uh, any policy in the state of Florida. Uh, but I, could te- I can tell you that uh, the key guidance of being, if you're somebody who is elderly, if you're somebody that has a significant uh, medical condition, uh, please avoid any types of, of crowded gatherings and, and stay home if at all possible. That's the best way uh, to be able to protect you uh, if you're in those vulnerable uh, capacities. Anybody, regardless of their uh, age or regardless of whether they have an underlying health condition, if you end up not feeling well, stay home from work, uh, get better, um, but don't go to work with your sick. Um, and I know the Congress is working on things. Um, I think clearly uh, there's a need to you know, provide immediate relief for folks who may be dislocated as a result of what we're seeing right now with the economy, but then also to provide an incentive for people to stay home if they're sick. They shouldn't have to de- make a decision about, well, I don't, I'm sick, I don't, really want to, I don't really want to go to work, but if I don't go to work, then I can't pay my rent. So I think Congress has a responsibility uh, to address that. The governor has already asked the Small Business Administration to make loans available to businesses hurt by the pandemic, and he says the state will create a loan program of its own for small business. We're going to supplement those SBA loans uh, with a $50 million bridge loan program from the state of Florida. Now, this amount may be expanded at a later time based on demand and necessity, but this will be available for small businesses um, in all counties within the state uh, from 2 to 100 employees. Uh, You can get $50,000 immediately one-year term, um, a limit of one loan per business, 0% fixed rate, and no prepayment penalty. The reason this is important is 
We think that this is obviously something that's affecting the economy. We hope this is not something that affects the economy infinitum, that it's relatively short. Um, the problem is if you're in some of these industries that are really getting hit, you, know, you have a, a, a cash flow issue, um, particularly if you have tight margins. So this is a way to kind of keep people afloat. Um, and then when we get on the other side of this, hopefully can be able to get back uh, to business as usual. Until then, things will be different. Things like spring break. Florida's not going to be a place where you're going to be out till 2 in the morning with 500 people at some bar. Um, at least that's what we're recommending. And I think that uh, because what Miami Beach and Fort Lauderdale did, I think you'll see more uh, municipalities do that. Those gatherings, I think, uh, present high risks. And they're, in some ways, even riskier because these are people who will be carrying the illness who a lot of people wouldn't necessarily view as, as ill because the symptoms may be so mild. So you're somebody that you may not be having a, a 103 fever, you may not be coughing every second, but you still can transmit it to somebody. Well, that's a situation where, you know, that really can be problematic. And so the spring break stuff, um, I, like I said, I've applauded what those mayors did. I think that's the right thing. I mean, I look around, not just in Florida to see what was going on, but some of these other areas you know, the college kids, some of them are on spring break, some of the classes got suspended, or some, some school years even got canceled at different universities. And the idea is, you know, we didn't want people congregating. That'd be kind of a petri dish situation where then people would go off and spread it. Um, well, you're just as likely to do that going out to bars as you are in a lecture hall. Um, and so, and I understand kids want stuff to do. Heck, when I was 18 or 19, I probably would have said this ain't going to affect me and do it. So I understand the mindset, but I think it's incumbent upon us to be uh, working together, local, state, um, and hopefully with the CDC's guidance tomorrow uh, to kind of circumscribe the ability to have some of these really, really large gatherings. Look, missing out on staying out and drinking at a bar that is not the end of the world. You're going to have time to do that in the rest of your life. What you don't want is to be somebody who is helping to spread this illness, particularly if the virus ends up infecting people uh, that are frail and that may not have immune systems that are capable of dealing with it. Those are the folks we've got to be thinking about right now. And so all this spring break, is, is, as exciting as it can be for a college kid, you know, that just is not as important as protecting uh, the public here. And don't expect any parades on St. Patty's Day. DeSantis says that can wait a year. St. Patrick's Day, uh, it seems every community in Florida that had a parade has canceled uh, the parade. Um, I think that that makes sense. I know Tampa and Fort Lauderdale ha have done it, uh, St. Augustine. Uh, look, it's a great day. It's a great day to have fun, um, and we'll just make it even better next year. But, but now's the time to, to stay home. You know, if you, you can fire up a Guinness in your own house, no problem with that. You're not going to get any arguments from me, but, uh, but I think it's good. The Department of Health has just hired 100 new epidemiologists to help deal with the coronavirus in Florida, and there are 100 nurses on standby waiting to staff a mobile field hospital if it's needed. The state will also be changing the way it releases information on the spread of the virus. Instead of updating the numbers every day, they'll be doing it twice a day. Officials in Broward are trying to figure out why their county has more cases of coronavirus than anywhere else in the state. Representative Chevron Jones is chairman of the Broward delegation in the state legislature, and he organized a conference call with state experts, local officials, and leaders of the Broward Health and Memorial Healthcare Hospital districts. Well, one, uh, we know that Broward has the uh, the most uh, the most cases right now. 
Um, and I know a lot of the members we have uh, of the delegation, a lot of our conversations that we have been having have been like bit piece by piece. And so I, the first thing I thought about was, well, instead of just having this uh, piece by piece information continuously come, why not get all of us on a call? Because originally, first, we were going to be in one room, but I figured that that's not smart. Um, but why don't we all hop on a call? bring the right people to the table, all the hospitals, uh, the, the executives from the hospitals, just to make sure that we have uh, the capacity to do what needs to be done, uh, just in case this continues to grow in large numbers as uh, as we are seeing it now. Uh, and then make, making sure we bring the governor's office on and uh, uh, direct the Moskowitz, because these are the key players in there. So it was just great to have everything centralized so all the elected officials in Brown could be able to listen in on what was happening or what's happening. Now, did you get the answers you were looking for? Well, the, the my biggest my biggest question was about uh, uh, test kits uh, and whether or not we will be able whether we have the capacity to um, uh, be able to test to test um, uh, constituents uh, if and when it's, when it's time. Uh, I think the answer uh, from uh, different hospitals, from various hospitals was uh, yes. I know uh, I, I did hear uh, one of the one of the hospitals said that they are looking. Uh, they're they're still waiting on uh, a machine. So I think the right now I think everyone is trying to get in the right posture to be able to prepare for uh, prepare for the worst. We're hoping for the best, but prepare for the worst. Now, Dr. Marks also made the point about you know this is not a situation where everyone who wants to get tested should be tested. Uh, right. Is is there a real desire though for people to get you know get a, an all clear if you will? Well, and you know what, and Rick, let me be honest with you. I think most people, most people are scared. They, most most people are scared. So some people are just they want to get tested just to be on the safe. I think Dr. Marks also said that just uh, or, 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 or Director Moskowitz said that you can even if you get tested, um, that doesn't mean that you, that you're that you're in the clear. Um, it doesn't it doesn't mean anything. Uh, but I just I just think the the biggest thing is. That it, when individuals are feeling symptoms, uh, that they that we have the capacity and we have the ability to be able to do it. But in the interim, there are some things that we should be doing, and that is looking at those precautionary measures that we should take uh, uh, we should take into account, like the social distancing, which is going to take a larger conversation because we have certain certain communities like the like the black community where. Listen, the social distancing part. You got church on Sundays. Yeah, a lot of pastors are. Yeah, they 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 look at this and they're like, you know, how serious is this? But not realizing that this is a real serious issue. Understood. Are you urging church leaders to maybe reconsider having traditional services and maybe go with, uh, you know, something over the internet? My hope is that church leaders would use this week. Now that things are, I mean, things are not as bad as as as, as it's being predicted where we're going to head. But my, my suggestion to church leaders is to get your leadership together and begin to get very creative on what you're going to do to continue to get to your end goal and making sure people are, get, are getting spiritually fed. Um, I know yeah, I, I just got off the phone with one of my church members, and she spoke about the Lord covering us, and you know, he, the, the Lord is uh, uh, he, he's adjusting on his ways. And I, I, I agree with every word she said, but the Lord also gives us wisdom. Any reason why Broward has been the epicenter here? Does it all really come down to Port Everglades, or is there more going on? You know what? That is a question that I don't know because you know, uh, when I asked the question at the end, uh, I did hear Vice Mayor Geller say that it was because of it, it is because of, of Port Everglades. And looking at the cases that um, that Broward is experiencing, two of them were non-travel travel related, so which means that they uh, they were, they caught it from 
someone in you mean that was airborne or whatever case might be. So yeah, it I'm it I, I can't I can't pinpoint and say that he's right or he's wrong. Um but for Broward, for it to be so high in Broward, um it, it worries me just a tad bit. What is the mood in Broward right now? Because they're facing something that no one, no one other than you know Miami Dade is facing right now. Mm-hmm. I think Broward, is, I think Broward is in, in definitely in prep and panic mode. Uh, you, you, uh, I have to give it out to uh, Mayor Dale Holness, who who's been on the ground and he's uh, really trying to get all information that's uh, that's available from the Department of Health. Uh, but this is this is really an all hands on deck, I and mean, that was another reason why it was important that we had the Broward delegation meeting. And this won't be the last meeting that we have because, you know, like I just shared with um, Executive Director Andrea Knowles with the delegation, that we will we will need to do another one of these just to get to continue to get these updates. So people, I mean, because right now we have to answer our constituents. We have to figure out what is the way that we calm we calm our communities down because these are, uh, members of the, our community they're concerned. I just left Publix. And you would think a hurricane is coming. People are, people are, they are sincerely, and they have all rights to be. They are very concerned and they're worried because, I mean, we're not get, we're we're not getting enough direction, and enough direction is not coming from D.C. to help people really guide them on 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 this pandemic, and 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 that's the frustrating part, I'm sure. And in the midst of all this, you're going to have to pack your bags later this week and come back to Tallahassee for one or two days at most, which uh, I think is a bad idea. Is there any way around that? Um, I mean, you can just not show up. I know the speaker did send an email out and saying that individuals, not you will be excused if you feel the need not to come. But I think, I mean, the our, the budget is not enacted until July one. I don't know what is the, I don't know what's the rush for us to have to go back up to Tallahassee right now, considering the circumstances right now. I mean, you you we literally are putting each other into harm, harm's way. We have individuals who've flown back home to their families. Especially those who are in Broward, like myself, who are in Broward County, and to travel back to Tallahassee in a petri dish of, of of individuals who could potentially be of harm to each other and to the entire capital, uh, entire individuals who are in the capital building. So I just think that is, uh, personally, I think is just a tad bit um, uh, irresponsible, irresponsible of us on our part, um, a little bit, and, and tad bit malpractice. I think we should we should not rush up there right now. I think we should be in our districts, and we should uh, just really practice social distancing, uh, period, just like we're doing for everybody else, and we're asking everyone else to do it. You know, there's no exceptions to us. We should be doing the same. Is there anything else you'd like to add, Representative? Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that Florida, that we take the lead on, on this because it seems like Washington is not. Amidst all the fear of coronavirus, you can almost forget that this is primary day in the Sunshine State. Under normal circumstances, the Florida presidential preference primary is fairly routine, a chance for election supervisors to test out their systems and processes to make sure everything is running smoothly for the vote that really matters in November. But Pasco County election supervisor Brian Corley says this year's primary is anything but routine, and it's all thanks to the coronavirus. Well, it's like this. What, I've been, what I tell people is, you know, on a normal day, running elections is challenging. Running elections in the nation's battle, largest battleground state is a whole new level. On top of that, you throw in cybersecurity that we've been immersed in for the last three and a half years, and then you think, how much worse can it get? And then enter the coronavirus. So it, it's beyond challenging, uh, like nothing I've ever seen. Uh, you know, you can have all the contingency plans you want on paper. It sounds wonderful, but when you're living it in crisis mode, you learn very quickly that leadership involves having to pivot and, and adjust accordingly, and, and you basically just do what you can. One way or another, we're going to have an election. And uh, we're going to make it work, but it's certainly challenging. 
Now, it, it, at least in Leon County, where I'm from, it's most of the poll workers who are there on, on the, the elections, they tend to be senior citizens. Is that going to be a problem? Because those are the folks that are most at risk in the whole thing. Yeah, that's, in fact, we, that's pretty much uniform across the state. You know, that poll workers are generally older, uh, senior citizens that come and help us and by serving. And, yeah, we've lost, you know, we're upwards of 150. I think we're approaching probably 200 now that we've lost, which is a tremendous number. And, you know, I don't fault our poll workers at all. Uh, they've reached out to me personally. Some of them have said, you know, we love working with you, Brian, but I just can't can't chance it. And I couldn't help every time I get get that email, that call, I think of my mom. My mom's a senior citizen and has a underlying health condition. And quite honestly, I, I would encourage her to not go to the polls. Uh, luckily, mom votes by mail, so it's not a problem. But it, it, it's definitely, you know, it's a, it's a valid concern, especially you know, we're being told by our, our state and federal partners that, that you know, it's, it's possible to be asymptomatic and yet still, um, you know, uh, transmit the virus. And so you could have someone who's seemingly healthy, at, well, not, not just Election Day, of course, but just anywhere and, and seemingly transmit it, is what we're being told. And that's that's a huge problem. Now, for the voters who don't want to come up, they're, they're you know, quarantining themselves at home. Is there an option that would still allow them to vote if they haven't had a chance to do early voting or, or vote by mail? Yeah, in fact, we would encourage someone who's not feeling well or is unsure to, to honestly just stay away. And there is a provision, though, if someone's not feeling well, under Florida law, they can actually designate someone to, on behalf of the registered voter to come pick up a, a, a carryout ballot at the supervisor elections office. And must, like any other votable mail ballot, it has to be back to our office by 7 p.m. election night. But that is an option for someone who, who you know, does not want to go to the polls or can't. And how extensive was the early voting in Pasco County? You know, it, 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 it depends how you look at it. What I mean by that is you have a situation where it, it's, you know, technically both Republicans and Democrats voting, but you really can't compare that to 2016 where it was just wide open. You know, a lot of, uh, a lot of our voters in the Democratic Party have told me that, you know, it seems like it's already over. So in essence, you know, what is the, the point is what we're being told. But it, it was definitely impacted there's no uh no way about it it's been impacted by the coronavirus as far as turnout other than this we just you know and i think i'm hearing from my sisters and brothers throughout the state of florida my fellow soes that you know we need voters just to be patient uh we don't expect a, a real strong turnout so we don't expect there to be lines or certainly a long wait in a polling place but we're, we're losing polling places even today and so we're having to pivot and and change polling places and redirect voters. And so, you know, when in doubt, check the SOE website, uh, get a hold of your supervisor elections. And, uh, you know, we just have some patience because we might be directing you to an alternate polling site. But at the end of the day, anyone who wants to, it's going to have the opportunity to vote. That's, that's not a question. Supervisors have been fielding plenty of calls from people who wonder if it's safe for them to vote in person today. The answer from Florida Secretary of State Laura Lee is yes. We are confident that voters in Florida can safely and securely go to the polls and cast their ballots. Precinct-based voting, where voters go to the polls and cast a ballot, is unlike the gatherings our health professionals have advised Floridians to avoid. It is quick, it is community-based, and both voters and election workers can be protected by following the guidance that we have received from our health care professionals. Additionally, we have received assurance that poll workers who are otherwise healthy can safely work on election day. For those voters who will be voting at the polls tomorrow, I know there are valid concerns about sanitation at the polls. 
Supervisors of elections are well aware of guidance from the Florida Department of Health and the CDC, including best practices for hand washing and sanitization and recommendations for election polling places, as well as guidance from voting machine manufacturers on how to best sanitize voting machines and are prioritizing the health and welfare of Florida voters and Florida's election workers. We're working late tonight to get you the primary results for tomorrow's podcast, along with analysis from Sunrise pollster Steve Vancor and Florida politics publisher Peter Schorsch. Next up, the latest on Florida's unemployment rate. It's good news and normally would have been the lead story, if not for the primary and the coronavirus. This is Sunrise from Florida Politics. We all know that guy who says he knew Trump was going to win long before election night. Had he known about Predict It, he could have put his money where his mouth was and made a little extra cash in the process. Predict It is like the stock market for politics. You can buy and sell shares in future events and elections, both foreign and domestic. During the 2018 midterms, Predict It beat other national pollsters like Nate Silver in election night predictions, and it wasn't even close. It's easy and only costs a few bucks to get started. Our listeners can get a special introductory offer by visiting predictit.org slash promo slash F-L-A-P-O-L. Welcome back to Sunrise. Florida's unemployment rate fell to 2.8% in January, which ties the record for the lowest jobless rate in the state. That decline was fueled by a substantial increase in the number of new jobs, almost 35,000 of them. The leisure and hospitality segment led the way, adding almost 8,000 jobs in January. Professional and business services was number two in growth, followed by trade, transportation, and utilities. The only segment of the economy losing jobs in January was information, which includes publishing, broadcasting, and telecommunications. Miami-Dade County has the state's lowest unemployment rate at just 1.5%. They're followed by Monroe, St. John's, and Okaloosa. Hendry County has the highest unemployment rate at 5.1%. Your political calendar of events? Well, it's primary day in Florida. The polls are open from 7 till 7, and the state will start releasing the first results at about 8 p.m. Most of the attention is focused on the Democratic battle between former Vice President Joe Biden and Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders because, well, let's face it, Donald Trump is a shoe-in in the GOP primary. The Florida Hurricane Catastrophe Fund Advisory Council is holding a conference call at 1.30 this afternoon to discuss a reimbursement premium formula for the reinsurance program. Does that sound like a code for rate increase? And the Florida Department of Transportation will hold a meeting at 5.30 in New Smyrna Beach about interchange improvements at State Road 44 and Interstate 95. Finally, it's time once again for the continuing adventures of Florida Man, who once had a bright future in politics. A Florida man who used to be lieutenant governor is under fire after complaining that his vacation was ruined when Vail, Colorado closed the ski resorts due to concerns about coronavirus. Jeff Kotkamp's tweet said, came all the way from Florida only to have our family's vacation destroyed. A state senator whose district includes the ski resort responded by saying, we should be commending Vail's decision, not complaining. But please, keep thinking of yourself. And finally, a Florida man who was almost elected governor in 2018 is going to alcohol rehab and withdrawing from politics after being found with three men in a hotel room, including a gay escort who apparently overdosed on meth. Former Tallahassee Mayor Andrew Gillum issued a statement saying he turned to alcohol to deal with depression after losing the governor's race. That's it for today's episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics. (laughs) 